Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome in to another episode of Photo Taco. I am your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. As I record this episode, I've only been back a few days from the Create Photography Retreat that was held in Charleston, South Carolina in late March 2018. It was such a great experience. I absolutely loved being with so many of the listeners and focusing 100% on photography for a few days. I shared a lot of my thoughts about the retreat on the Improved Photography podcast already, so if you haven't listened to that episode, you should make sure to check that out. In this episode, I'm going to share some of what I presented in the very first session at the retreat, the Lightroom Embedded Previews Workflow, which makes culling in Lightroom significantly faster. Now, the advantage retreat attendees had was seeing this information more of a visual format as I went through slides and even a live demo of the process, as well as having the opportunity for the attendees to raise their hand throughout the presentation and ask questions. It was great. If you think that kind of learning environment would help you with your photography, I hope you'll consider joining me at the retreat in 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can sign up today by going to createphotographyretreat.com. And as we mentioned on the Improved Photography Podcast, the first 40 people who sign up will get some very special pricing on their hotel accommodations. All right, now before jumping into the embedded preview workflow, let me give you a really quick status update on the latest update to Lightroom Classic CC version 7.3 that was released in early April 2018. There are bug fixes and a few other things in the release, but the biggest thing is a new feature called Profiles. Now, profiles, you can think of them similar to presets. They are not the same thing as presets, but they're kind of similar to presets. And I plan to do to you know go through my detailed impressions of the new feature in a future episode. But I quickly wanted to provide an update on the testing I've done on the new release, because I have a lot of listeners that won't upgrade until I say they can, which I highly recommend. You'll avoid problems if you wait for the go-ahead. So I've used the new version for about eight hours of editing on my Windows machine, and I did an edit of a family photo shoot. I'm happy to say it seems really stable on Windows. I haven't yet tested it as thoroughly on Mac, but I really expect kind of the same thing there based on the lack of issues reported in the Adobe feedback forums. There does seem to be a small challenge with presets working in this release. I don't think they've fully narrowed down exactly what the issues are. Uh, there may be some, something related to the naming of the preset, like if it has a slash in it. But for now, if you depend upon presets in your workflow, then you will want to wait until they figure out exactly how to deal with the problem. Don't update if presets are a big deal to you. Now, if you can't afford any issues in your workflow, I still recommend you wait until the, at least the end of April 2018 to update. Give uh, other people a chance to report their issues in the forums. Give me a chance to do continue to do more thorough testing. You can watch in the Facebook groups. I'll be able to give kind of an all clear as soon as I feel like I can provide it, which is not yet, but early indicators are that this looks like a very solid release. So good job, Adobe. At least immediately, doesn't look like there's any big, big problems. I also have to say that the newest release of Photoshop seems to have fixed the majority of the stability issues that I was seeing on both Windows and Mac, and what caused me to recommend downgrading back to Photoshop CC 2018 version 19.0, the initial release of CC 2018. I round tripped between Photoshop and Lightroom throughout these eight hours, and I didn't see any issues in either of the programs on my Windows PC. So Photoshop CC 2018 version 19.1.3 and Lightroom Classic CC 7.3 both look like they're gonna be good to go 
but I can't give you the full go ahead yet. It's just been not long enough. All right, let's get into the embedded preview workflow. First off, this is not a workflow that's entirely new. And I don't just say that because I'm recording here in April 2018 and the workflow was enhanced in an update of Lightroom Classic CC that Adobe released back in late 2017. Much of the capability for this workflow to dramatically speed up the cloning process has actually been available for many years. Most of it, not all of it, but most of it. The things about the workflow is that you have to use Lightroom in a very specific way. It's not one that's kind of the default way. In fact, if you use the default way, there's no way for this workflow to be in your process. It kind of destroys it with all the stuff that's there by default. And there's some caveats that you have to live with that I'll detail as I go through the workflow. But it's kind of the shame of it all because Adobe's done a decent job of having it be possible to use Lightroom in a way to make calling fast enough to be very practical for even the biggest of bulk shooters. But it's not immediately obvious or easy to figure out how to use it. And I don't know many photographers who even know how to make it work. And that just shouldn't be the case. Adobe's really killing themselves. And that's why I've been begging Adobe for a couple of years now to add a new module to Lightroom that would have more of a wizard kind of process to help photographers go through culling in this workflow if they choose to by adding something that I'm calling the cull module, a whole new module that I think needs to be added to Lightroom, the cull module. Now, I've said this on the podcast a few times. And if you'd like to help me with my cause to have Adobe add that module, which I believe would be easy, easy for them to do. I would love it if you would take a moment and vote for my idea to add this module. You do that by going to the Photoshop feedback forums. It's tough to kind of navigate in there. So what I've done is I created a bit.ly link to make it easier. If you go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash coal module, all squished together, C-U-L-L. M-O-D-U-L-E, Cole module. That'll give you a link to uh, where it is that you go and you can vote for my idea. This is a, a good way to get back to Adobe. I mean, it's good for you to know about it anyway, that the feedback forums is a way that you can ask for things to be done, but also check out if there's any issues like I do as new releases come out. I, I make sure to watch those forums pretty closely and kind of share that with listeners if there's something interesting in there. So if you go in there and you vote for it, Adobe pays attention to the ones that get lots of votes, and we've seen it as a pattern now. They've included some of the features that have been requested through that system, the feedback site, the feedback forums, so that they can add things that list, that uh, customers want into the software. So if you go vote for it, again, that's bit.ly slash module, then maybe we can get Adobe to add the module and make this easier so you don't have to listen to a podcast to figure out how to use it. So this workflow isn't the easiest to implement, but let's see if I can walk you through how to do it. It'll I'll put the basic steps in the show notes as well, but first off, we wanna make sure Lightroom is only doing what we're asking it to do right now. We wanna have Lightroom completely focused on the culling process and this embedded workflow. We don't want it to be doing anything else, and that means we need to disable some background processes. So by default, Lightroom's configured to do some processing on your photos in the background while you're in the software. But to make this workflow move as fast as possible, we have to tell it to focus. Don't do anything else. So I recommend that you pause syncing to Lightroom CC. It used to be called syncing to Lightroom Mobile, but it's now syncing to Lightroom CC. I recommend that you pause address lookup and you pause phase detection, face detection. And you can do that by clicking on the drop down arrow in the upper left hand part of the screen and choosing pause for all three of those options. So start there, 
make sure those background processes are paused. We don't want it to work on anything else. All right, now there's some critical preferences as well that you need to make sure are checked or set to a specific value. So the first one is to go to Edit Preferences on Windows or Lightroom Preferences on Mac. And then you go to the Performance tab and on the window that pops up and make sure your camera raw cache maximum size is at least 50 gigabytes. That's a, a really safe value. It's gonna be conservative if you have a small drive. Um, and if you can go bigger, that's great. The, making it bigger means you're gonna be able to keep the previews it does generate and, um, and be able to keep those longer so that you can go back to other edits or at least get through your uh, a big edit if you have a lot of photos that you're gonna be able to store the embedded previews in there. Uh, on my Mac, my MacBook Pro, that where I have a 256 gigabyte drive, I've set it to 70 gigabytes. And on my PC, or I have a lot more space, I've set it to 100 gigabytes. Um, I recommend you also use smart previews instead of originals for editing. So on that same window, there's a checkbox there. Use smart previews instead of originals for image editing. So make sure that's checked. And if your computer has a quad-core CPU or higher, then you will also see an option there called Generate Previews in Parallel. Now, I don't see this option on my MacBook Pro because it's not a quad-core CPU that I chose to have in my 13-inch 2015 MacBook Pro. But the Mac, certainly there are uh, versions of the Mac that have that there. So if it's there, go ahead and check that box. Um, all right, the next part that's important for this embedded preview workflow is when you import that you, you you select the embedded and sidecar previews. So the first thing that you're gonna do after you've copied the photos to your computer, which I again, I've recommended in the past, and I'll remind you again that you should do that by copying it yourself instead of having Lightroom copy it. It just works faster to do that. So then by the time you're going to the import process, you're adding the photos that are already on your hard drive to the Lightroom catalog rather than copying them to a directory. Okay, step number three is import using embedded and sidecar. Now, we're ready to start the embedded previews workflow by importing some photos that need to be culled. And if you're new to photography, culling, it's spelled C-U-L-L. -L. It's the process you go through to kind of throw away or mark the photos that are bad and the ones that you don't care about editing and focus solely on those that are worth editing, kind of whittling it down to the photos. If you shot 2,000 photos at a photo shoot and you want to get down to the 20, 50, 100 maybe that are actually good that you want to edit, then this that's called culling. Anyway, before you even launch Lightroom, I've long recommended that you copy your photos from your memory card to your computer yourself using Finder on Mac or Explorer on Windows. Not, not Internet Explorer, but File Explorer, <laughs> Windows Explorer on Windows. In the testing I've done in the past, Lightroom is as much as 50% slower to copy files from your memory card to your hard drive than it is to do it yourself. So you'll save yourself some time if you'll copy it yourself rather than letting Lightroom do it. I was re recently told that that issue may have been addressed in the latest release of Lightroom Classic CC, but I haven't tested it enough to be able to, to confirm that. So for now, I still just recommend you just get used to doing that and you'll be for sure fastest that it possibly can if you do it yourself. All right, after you copied the photos to your hard drive, open up Lightroom and in the library module, you'll hit the import button. Then on the left-hand side, you're gonna point Lightroom at the folder where you copied the photos and you're gonna be adding those instead of importing them and copy them to another spot. Now you don't hit import yet. That's not the only part you need to do. We gotta focus on the right-hand side. 
So over on the right hand side in the top, there's the file handling panel and you have a choice on which previews you want a Lightroom to build as you import the photos. It's a drop down and there's a box labeled build previews. You have four choices. There's minimal, embedded in sidecar, standard, and one-to-one. And I have a lot to go over in this episode, so I'm not going to go through each one of those now, but for the very best cooling experience Lightroom has to offer, you should choose embedded and sidecar here. This is kind of why it's called the embedded workflow. You want to pick that for your build previews. You also want to make sure not to select build smart previews checkbox. That's right. We do not want to have Lightroom build smart previews yet. You do it later, not here. Don't add photos to a collection here either. Also make sure you do not apply develop settings on import. This is one of those big caveats we're going to come back to in a moment. I also recommend that you do not add keywording on import. Keywording is a huge part of my workflow, but I don't apply them on import. You can, and it won't impact uh, embedded previews, uh, but I recommend you save it for later in the workflow. So just to review, here are the settings to use the embedded previews workflow. Build previews needs to be set to embedded and sidecar. Do not check build smart previews. Do not add to a collection. Don't apply any develop settings, no import settings, and don't do any keywording. All right, lots of don'ts, one do. <laughs> Hopefully you, you got that. Now you can hit that import button and Lightroom will immediately begin working to import your photos. Now with the settings configured as, as I have described, the effort Lightroom will go through to do this is gonna be limited to pulling out the JPEG images that are embedded in all raw files and using that for previews instead of generating them from raw data. Yes, this means the previews will not have the full resolution and detail of your raw images, but that's not really what you need at this stage. You don't need a full resolution image to be able to call your photos. You just need one big enough to give you a good idea of what your shot is. So, and remember the goal here is to whittle it down, to call, get down to the, the images that are, are close to what you wanted and what you expected. And the, the JPEG preview inside the RAW file is usually more than enough to make that decision. There is a caveat with Sony Olympus and Fuji cameras. So if you're a Sony Olympus or Fuji shooter, listen to the next step in this. But for now, let's just assume you have everyone's got these JPEG previews inside the RAW files that are good enough to be able to do the culling process. So if you go into the develop module, Lightroom is automatically going to spend time building those other previews. You can't do that. You've got to stay in the library module after import. You cannot go to develop. You're, if you do, you're going to be asking Lightroom to go and build some of those other types of previews that you don't want to spend time doing right now. We only want to use the JPEG embedded uh, images that are inside the RAW files. And it may seem like a limitation, but I find the library module really helpful for culling. I stay focused on the task of doing the culling rather than getting sidetracked into editing a photo, which I so often want to do if I'm developing. If I'm in the develop module, I just, I often can't resist. I reach for those sliders. I reach for an adjustment brush. I do something because I just want to work on the photo, but we got to get through the culling process. Need to focus, focus, just, <laughs> just do the culling process. And so staying in the library modules, I find actually very helpful to me to make sure I'm staying focused on doing the culling. All right. Also important in the library module is the G and E keys. 
And I use those extensively in the library modules so that I can see groups of images in the grid view and take a closer look at a single image in the loop view. You can access grid view and you can do this by any at any time. It doesn't have to be just in the library module. If at any time in Lightroom you hit the G key, think of it as the grid key, then you're going to see the grid. And if you at any time you want to see the loop view in the library module, doesn't matter where you are in Lightroom, if you hit the E key, you'll get to loop view. And I, I remember them by G for grid, E for everything. E for everything. That ends up in what they call the loop view. And I start off in grid view by hitting the G key. And I make the thumbnails a little, little larger so I can see about 10 photos at a time. And then it's pretty easy that way to make a choice about which of the group of photos is probably the best one. I can mark it with two stars and move down to the next set of 10 and so on. And it goes pretty fast. If I do need to kind of see one a little closer, maybe I can't tell between two or three images that are very similar which one I want to keep. Then I hit the E key after selecting one of the photos. And that, remember, it goes like everything. It goes to the loop view and it shows it just like you kind of think of in develop module where it takes up most of the screen and you can see quite a bit of, of detail there. So if you've done things right, when you hit the E key, Lightroom will actually show, the latest version at least, will actually show a little label over the photo in the lower right hand corner that says embedded preview. And that's what we want. We want to make sure that that shows up so that it, you're in that workflow and it's super fast. It's not as fast as Photo Mechanic, I still have to say, that is blazing fast. It's amazing how they've done that. But it gets you really, really close. It You don't have to spend hardly any time. After you do the import, yes, it's going to say it's pulling the embedded previews out. But it also dumps you straight into the library module in the grid view. And the grid is pretty well populated already with the first so many photos, 10 whatever numbers show up in the grid view. And you don't need to wait. You don't have to wait until Photoshop or sorry, Lightroom pulls the embedded previews out of everything. You just can get going immediately as soon as it's there. And it's it's pretty quick. It's it's a lot faster than if you're like calling in the develop module for sure, especially if you're waiting for those previews to build. All right, the next step, it will show you the embedded preview label for every camera I mentioned except Sony, Olympus, and Fuji. Remember I said there's some caveats with those three camera makers. Unfortunately, those camera makers have chosen to embed super tiny JPEGs into their RAW files. They're really only big enough to have them look reasonably decent on the back of the LCD camera or in the electric view, electronic viewfinder. And Lightroom automatically looks at the resolution of those JPEG images versus the resolution of the RAW file. And if the JPEG has less than 50% of the pixels of the RAW file, it won't use them and you can't do the embedded workflow. <laughs> so uh, and it's going to go ahead and generate the previews it needs, regardless of what you picked really in the first part of the import process. Um, it won't do it immediately. It'll do it based on the photos that you actually go and look at in loop view or look at in develop module. Whenever it needs something bigger to show you than those JPEG previews inside the RAW file can support, it's going to start building previews. So it's going to be slow if you do that. If you're a Sony Olympus or Fuji shooter, there's a good chance this process is going to be tough to use. And if you're interested in kind of seeing what I'm talking about, seeing a little more detail about the JPEGs that are inside the RAW files, then you can use a tool called the Image Metadata Viewer created by Jeffrey Friedel. And it's a super great tool. You can tell it's built by an engineer because it's not 
beautiful presentation by any means, but it does the job. Gives you tons of really cool information about your raw files. You can get to it by going to http slash slash exif, that's E-X-I-F dot regex, R-E-G-E-X dot info. Uh, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So I'll repeat it one more time. Exif, E-X-I-F dot regex, R-E-G-E-X dot info. All right, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about with the information available there. I used Jeffrey's image metadata viewer to take a look inside one of the raw files from the Sony A7R 3 I rented a few weeks back to shoot high school basketball. The A7R 3 shoots raw files that are 7,952 pixels by 5,304 pixels. It's 42 megapixels. And there are two JPEGs embedded in the raw file. I think one is for the LCD screen on the back and the other one's for the electronic viewfinder, which is much smaller. So the larger of the two that I think would show on the back of the camera, it is 1,616 by 10,000 or 1,080 pixels, 1616 by 1080, which is a little under two megapixels and a little under 5% of the resolution of the raw file. And then there's the smaller JPEG that is pretty much worthless except for in the electronic viewfinder is 160 by 120 pixels, which is 0.2 megapixels and way less than 1% of the resolution of the raw file. So of course, Adobe couldn't let Lightroom try to use those images in this workflow. There's just not enough data in those embedded JPEG files for that to work well in this process. You're, even the grid view would struggle at least, uh, well, it kind of depends on the size, but it would really struggle and you have no chance to have it look nice in loop view on a, on a high resolution display. It's just, it's not enough data there to really have that serve well. So automatically, if these JPEGs are less than 50% the size of the raw file, it's going to throw away those. It's not going to use them for this workflow. So there is a solution for this, for those shooters. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean every camera from Sony Olympus and Fuji are this way. You'd have to go check out your raw files using that tool to see or experiment using the workflow. But it's a big enough deal that Adobe even included specifically those three makers in the documentation they had for this process and warning that a lot of draws from those those uh, camera makers are not going to work very well. So the solution, though, is to shoot RAW plus JPEG. And then Lightroom will automatically use the JPEG images that are named the same as the RAW files for this embedded preview process. So that's a good way to do it. Of course, it's going to take up more space on your memory card, and it's going to take a little more time since you have to write those two files with every click of the shutter button. But it's a good way to be able to use this workflow in Lightroom. If you are one of, a shooter of one of those camera makers, it's a good way to go and, uh, and make it so you can have a much faster culling workflow. All right, the other big caveat here, besides the size of the JPEG embedded in the RAW file, the first, you can't edit the photo in any way. You can't apply presets on import. You can't use quick develop in the library module. You certainly can't use any of the features or sliders in the develop module without Lightroom having to take the time to build the appropriate preview for the tool that you're trying to use. It makes sense if you think about it because Lightroom needs to have all the data from the raw file in order to even be close to accurately showing you what your changes look like. And you can't do that with the JPEG embedded in the raw file even when it is a big one. So the moment you do one of these things, Lightroom's gonna make you wait 
while it creates the preview it needs to do what you're asking it to, and you no longer get the speed benefits of the embedded preview. You also cannot put the photos in the collection and say you want them to sync to Lightroom CC, either desktop or mobile, because this also forces Lightroom to build smart previews, which you don't wanna wait for. My recommendation then is to cull your photos in the library module using the embedded preview so that you can get all of those speed advantages. You have to resist the urge to go and edit any photo until you've gone through them all, which is a good practice anyway. Like I said, it's, it's a nice thing to have you focus on that task so that you don't get sidetracked and spend more time than you should editing photos that you actually aren't going to keep. It's better to pick the photos that you want to work on and make sure you've gone through all of them before you actually get into your editing. You will save time that way, I promise. Even if you don't follow the embedded workflow process, maybe you shoot JPEG only and you're not shooting raw, it is better to cull first before you do any editing. Much, much better. And you'll make other decisions. <laughs> like you can't actually make your full decisions on culling until you've seen all the photos from the shoot then you can kind of whittle that down and make sure that you're only going to focus on the ones that are actually good and that, that you want to make sure that are going to survive uh, and edit the ones that are important. All right. Now, when you've narrowed the images down to those that are worth editing, you filter down to just those, then you can select them all. And at this point, now you want to build the other previews. You're going to need them. You don't want to have to wait for Lightroom to do it in between every click that you're doing. So at that point, you go to library previews, build one-to-one -one previews. I recommend you build the one-to-one -one at this point. And of course, it's going to take some time, but hopefully it's only going to be, you know, tens, maybe a couple hundred, depending on your, your workflow and what it is you're working on, that you're going to have to build those for rather than maybe a thousand, two thousand, whatever it is. It's, it's going to be much fewer numbers that you're going to be building these previews for. So you hit that button. It's probably a good time to go stand up, get a drink, maybe use the bathroom, whatever it might be to, to kind of let your body recover from sitting there and doing the cooling process. Anyway, good to take a break so that when you come back, you're ready to do it. So build those previews, let it do that, and then, uh, and then come back. You can also at this point, put those photos that survived your calling into a collection and mark that collection to be synced to Lightroom CC. Um, that, again, that's desktop or mobile now. So if you want it to sync to mobile, then you put it in the collection and mark it to sync, and that's gonna be great. Now Lightroom is gonna build those one-on-one -on -one previews and it's gonna build those smart previews while you're taking your little break and uh, letting your body recover so you're ready to go. <laughs> and then that's exactly how, what I do. I love using collections, so I do that and I build the one-on-one -on -one previews. And then editing is really fast, really easy, and it doesn't take that long. If by the time you got, went and got a drink and got back, you're probably really close to done. And so that's really kind of the embedded preview workflow in the process. So just kind of to briefly review what the, the rough steps are. Number one, you got to disable those background processes. Turn them off on syncing, on address lookup, and on face detection. Put those all on pause. Number two, there's the critical preferences. You really need to have the uh, camera raw cache set to at least 50 gig. And you want to make sure that you have used smart previews instead of originals for image editing. And you want to make sure that generate previews in parallel is checked if it's there. Number three, when you import, you want to choose embedded and sidecar. And you want to make sure that you do not pick to have it uh, build smart previews. You don't want to add it to a collection yet. You don't want to develop, use any develop settings. You don't want to do any keywording. 
All right, number four, you got to stay in the library module. You got to do all of your culling there. You're going to use the G key for the grid view and the E key for the everything view. So that you can switch between those. Use the star system. If you, you can listen to previous episodes of Photo Taco to find out kind of what the star system is that I use um, to mark your photos. And then you can finally filter down to the photos that survive and you can build the smart previews by going to library previews, build one-to-one -one previews. And I'll put all those steps that I just orally went through into the show notes so that you can pull those out if you want. Kind of keep a cheat sheet until you get it down of what the process is. All right. I hope this helps. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you got something out of it. And now for those of you who didn't come to the retreat, you have been taught how to use the embedded previews workflow. And that's all we have the time for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so that you know, you can go join the Facebook group. It's the Improve Photography Podcast Facebook group. And if you are interested in my updates for when it is safe, when you get the photo taco seal of approval on upgrading any updates from Adobe, at least for Photoshop and Lightroom, then uh, you'll want to go join that Facebook group. I put the, the seal of approval out there when I've gone through and thoroughly tested it. You can also email the show phototacopodcast at gmail.com. No question is too basic or too complicated. If I don't know the answer to the question, I will see about bringing an expert guest on to sh uh, show to go through it. And also be sure to take some time to head over to the mothership, improvephotography.com for news, gear, and other photo tip articles. It's the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is reserved. Olay!